Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I am going to uh, share with you this morning um, some thoughts out of Psalm 27. Let's go to the word of the Lord. In Psalm 27, verse 13, the Bible says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Seeing God's Goodness in Everything. Pray with me. God, thank you for allowing us to see your goodness. God, I pray you'd help us to see it more. Father, I thank you for letting us be in this place today, God. And I pray that as we look to your word, that you'd be our teacher. Guide us and instruct us. Teach us what you would have us to know, God. I pray that you would illuminate your scripture today and encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2020, every year, I pray that God would give me a theme to concentrate on throughout the entire year, to focus on, um, to, to uh, seek Him through, and that's every year since we started the church back in 2001. And our theme for this year has been seeing God's goodness in everything. Now, the question is, have you been doing that? How, how, how did 2020 work out for you? 2020 has gotten a bad rap. 2020, uh, it, it, it is wild. I mean, I was going to say I can't say it in church, but y'all know me, so I can. Um, we went, uh, my, my family, Seth, Seth and I and Uncle Scott and Aunt Dean and Mimi, we went last night. Uh, according to Mimi, it was a 2,000-mile drive uh, to Gervin Road and looked at some cool lights. On, on the other side of town, uh, it's ridiculous if, if you haven't seen it. It's, it's beyond anything you've ever seen. Anybody been over there to see it? It's, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's literally stuff hanging from 50 feet in the air across the tops of the streets. It, it's the wild. It's beyond what you've seen. Uh, you think your neighborhood went out. They didn't go out like these people went out. They got cops over there directing traffic and be ready to sit there for some hours. They put a portalette out at the front of the subdivision for a reason. There's traffic backed up. Um, but we went out there, and uh, Deacon Scott, he's taken his family out there a couple times already this year, and he pointed out something. In, in, in one yard, they had a picture of Santa Claus peeing on the numbers 2020. Now, this isn't in the nice neighborhood. This was on the way to the nice neighborhood. Uh, but um, 2020 has, has taken a, a bad rap for a lot of reasons. I, I hear so many people saying, oh, I just can't wait to get out of 2020. Well, let me ask you this. What if 2021 was worse? What, what, would you still praise God? Would you still love the Lord? Would you still believe God is in control? If, if things got progressively worse in 20... Now, I'm not saying that they will, and I hope that they don't, but I do understand this, even though I don't know what's going to happen in 20, the rest of 2020 or 2021, I do know who's in control of what happens. 
and I know that my hope will not change because the person in control will not change. Man, I, I started to pull down uh, some, some major events out of 2020 as a look back today on the last Sunday of 2020. And Dina last night read a, read a meme at dinner uh, because people always say, well, you know, hindsight is 2020. Talking about your vision. Hindsight is perfect vision. Uh, and the, the meme said um, on, at 12, uh, 12 o'clock a.m. on January 1st, hindsight will be 2020. And 2020 will be hindsight. We're about to put 2020 in our rear view. Uh, but I, 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 so I was looking at the year, the big events of the year, and there were just too many of them. So I pulled off a couple of them um, that, that just dominated. Well, three of them dominated the news. One, one of them was, was really uh, played a big role in my life for, for different reasons. Maybe you didn't care. Um, I, I'll give you the one for me that wasn't really... Uh, it's world news, whether you know it or not, but Kobe Bryant died in 2020, and that's huge. Uh, that was huge for me. Uh, uh, been a Kobe fan my whole life, seems like. Um, and my kids were Kobe fans their whole lives. Uh, I, got a, I got a six foot seven uh, fat head vinyl poster, life size, of Kobe in my, in my loft. Um, that, that uh, you walk up my top of my stairs in my Eagle Landing house, you go up to the top of my stairs, and there's Kobe and there's Paul Pierce standing side by side. Now, listen, if you're, you're a five-foot, nine-and-a-half white dude, and you, and you forget and it's dark and you turn the light on at the top of the stairwell, you got these two giant black men standing there staring at you. Uh, but we got eight fat heads in the loft, seven of them are giant black men, so that's not uncommon for our house. But Kobe died. It was world news. It was shocking. Um, it, it was a tragic event for 2020. Now I get to some real news for you. Obviously, the, the big event in 2020 is uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, dominates the news. Has dominated people's thoughts. Has dominated uh, culture um, and does not look to be letting up at any point, anytime soon. I was talking to the staff this morning before we prayed uh, and pointed out the fact that the deaths in 2020 are no higher and are actually lower in 20, less Americans died in 2020 than died in 2019. Now, if Arsenio still had his show, Arsenio would put this in his segment, things that make me go, hmm. How are all these people dying of COVID-19 and we lost less people this year than we lost last year without a COVID-19? Well, when you count every gunshot victim, every old person that died in a, in a senior adult living facility, every heart attack, stroke victim, every cancer patient um, as a COVID death, then, then you see what's going on. But obviously, COVID is a pandemic. There's lots of people getting sick from it. There's people that have died from it. It, it, is, it is not letting up. It is dominated. 2020 it's been a big event another big event uh the hear me good and you don't have to agree with me i'm right by myself with it with or without agreement look it up before you disagree with what i'm about to say i want you to do three minutes worth of looking it up the terrorist the the lgbtq bipoc terrorist transgender led Black Lives Matter organization exploded in America in 2020. Did you hear what I said? The terrorist organization, transgender-led, 
LGBTQ narrative pushing, self-confessed America-hating, nuclear family-hating, if you're a mom or a dad, they don't like you, organization blew up in America, dominated the news, so much so that, y'all remember, I'll go back to basketball fans, every basketball game that we watched in 2020 until this past week across, across the um, court had Black Lives Matters painted on it. Black Lives Matters came to the forefront of everything in 2020, and I want to tell you on the last Sunday of 2020 what I said from the beginning. Anybody that does not agree with that statement is a non-Christian. Anybody who opposes Black Lives Matters as a statement is, is an ignorant human being, a hateful human being, a racist, and will not make heaven for eternity. Black lives have to matter because black lives are human lives, and human lives matter. But that organization, read what they say about themselves, and then you tell me if it's something that, that you really want to gather into. Uh, the, the latest big news is uh, Joe Biden won the election and will be the president in just a few days. Some people are excited and gathering behind the BLM movement. Some people see it for what it is. Some people are gathering and running behind the, uh, the, the Biden-Harris presidency. And, and it's so funny. No president has ever gotten, his, or no vice president has never gotten as much ink as, as the soon-to-be vice president Kamala Harris. First African-American, she, she's labeled now as the first African-American vice president in the history of America, but if you go to her personal website, she labels herself as the first um, Asian-American senator in America. So anyway, there, there's that. But whether, whether you're a Biden-Harris fan, uh, a lot of these Trump, I still see Trump-Pence stickers uh, and, and signs in people's yards. I want to knock on their door and be like, hey, y'all lost, take your sign down. I'm leaving mine up. Uh, you, you got people still, I, I, I talked to somebody uh, this past week. They're hoping for martial law and, 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 and you know, Trump not listen. Hear, hear me good. He's leaving the White House. There's a new day coming in, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, but whether you're all in with, with Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris or whether you're still hoping that Trump holds on, I, I want to tell you something. With, with COVID raging, with, with racial unrest everywhere, and I believe all these events um, or many of these events are set forth to distract and divide us. If you let anything divide you from your family, you're falling prey to the devil. No, nothing should cause us to be mad at us. I've been hearing people talk about a white-black civil war for, for so long, and you're always my proof text, Henry. You're always my proof. If we're talking about it at the house and, and it, something comes on the news or we're watching something on YouTube um, and, and some, somebody says something about that, I look at my kids and I'm like, what am I going to do, take up a gun against Henry? The first sleepover y'all ever had was at that man's house. Uh, and so it's all, uh, it's all about divide and conquer. 2020 has been such a news-driven. Of course, it's an, it was an election year. That always pushes hate. That always pushes a lot of news. But listen, whether 2020 has been great for you or whether it's been horrible for you, whether you're happy that it's over or whether you, some great things happen to you, uh, I want to tell you something. Days come and go. 
Weeks come and go, months come and go, years come and go, decades come and go, but Jesus stays the same. Let me just find out, did anybody, let's just see real quick, did anybody have anything fantastic, great and phenomenal happen to them in 2020, for real? What happened to you in 2020? Well, praise the Lord. What happened to you in 2020? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What happened to you in 2020? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody over here had their hand up? You want good arm? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't want to point out the obvious, but how long have you been married? <laughs> the wife was going to say, we got married in 2020. Praise the Lord. So there are people that had, oh, and by the way, uh, thank God to see you in church uh, today, brother. We had six people. Stand up in this place last Sunday to pray to receive Christ. Amen. I share this with y'all. I meant to bring the letter, but I didn't. I know some of y'all care about me and some of y'all care about my son Jacob, who is uh, now being held hostage by the United States Marine Corps in Paris Island, South Carolina, in, in what they call boot camp, which a.k.a. brainwashing, physical torture, and, and, and mental abuse, um, which I support wholeheartedly, by the way, and I think everybody ought to get a piece of it. Um, but every letter that Jacob has written to me, every letter that he has written to every member of his family has had almost the exact same uh, statements in it at some point in time. And for those of y'all that care, if you've said any prayers for him, I appreciate that. He has said in every single letter to me and to every other person in his family, I'm closer to God than I've ever been. I read my Bible every day and I sing to God all day long. And let me tell you something about Jacob. That's different because that hadn't always been true. If you've watched Jacob for 19 years of his life in this church, he was born in this church. We started this church in June. He was born in August of 2001, the year we started, the year of his birth. If you ever watched him during praise and worship, and I rode him for 19 years, boy, you better open your mouth and sing, and he did not open his mouth to sing much. A couple of weeks before he went in the Marine Corps, he did something that he's done 318 times, and he prayed to receive Christ. Not 318 times, but, you know, when you grow up in a church, uh, we, we, is Malachi in Children's Church? Uh, ma, ma, we, we got a, we got a running run joke in my house, Deacon West. Uh, who has actually prayed to receive Christ more in this church? Uh, my kids or your son? Because it, it's been a few times. But these are soft-hearted kids who want to make sure their salvation is right. And I told the people in children's church, because uh, they used to ask me, you know, Pastor, every time we have an invitation, Jake or Seth raised their hand to get saved. And I'm like, well, let them keep doing it. One day maybe it'll take. Uh, because I know the first time I prayed to receive Christ, uh, it, didn't, it didn't work for me. And some of y'all, you, you didn't get saved more than once. The Bible says what God does, for, he does forever. If you get saved the right, you'll stay saved forever. Um, 
But this wasn't the first time a, a, a couple of months ago when Jake stood up and made a public profession of faith in Christ. Uh, but I, I, and, and I had to think about it as a dad. Um, you know, he's about to get ready to go off and leave his family for the first time ever. Uh, he's concerned about his dad. Y'all pray for me. Uh, my back is, is, is I, I, I won't say it's as bad as it's ever been, but it's hurting so bad right now, it's hard to concentrate. Uh, he's worried about leaving me with, with a broken back. Uh, and, you know, so he had a lot going on in his mind, about to become a Marine, all that stuff going on in his mind. But he prayed, stood up a couple weeks before he left to go to the Marines. Uh, and, you know, that could have been jailhouse religion. Everybody gets saved. Man, I used to preach at the jail all the time. The whole crowd gets saved every time you preach. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that there has been a difference in his life in 2020. Um, it's not just uh, those people that you talked about or the six last week or, or Bliss or the others who got saved in 2020. Um, I believe based not just on the fact that he stood up. He stood up in church before. I baptized him several times. Um, I believe based on his confession of, and he writes it every week, I, I, I've never been this close to God, um, and um, he, he has made a significant spiritual change in his life, which I believe is a result of true salvation. So let me tell you this for sure. Some good things happened in 2020. But I told you that I wanted us to concentrate in 2020 on seeing God's goodness, listen, in everything. It's easy to see God's goodness when a child gets saved or an adult gets saved, when, when, you, when you get married, when you see God do something cool, when good things happen. It's easy to see God's goodness and call that God's goodness. But the Bible says that promotion comes from the Lord because he sets one up and takes another one down. In our human mind, we see promotion only as an upward movement. And we tend to see blessing only as an upward movement. And we, we tend to see good things only as an upward movement. But God says promotion comes from the Lord. He moves one up and moves another one down. And I want you to understand, whenever God is moving, it's a good thing. If, if, he, if he promotes you, if he moves you up, it's a good thing. If he demotes you, if he moves you down, it's a good thing. If your health is good, uh, you ought to see God's goodness in, 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 in having perfect health. If your health is not perfect, but you're still breathing and reading your Bible every day, you ought to see God's goodness in that too. It always takes me back to when, when Gail was sick and and I know, I, I'm, I'm sure people are tired of hearing about uh, the, the, this event that culminated 14 years ago in her death. But, you know, it, it was such a huge impact in my life and my family and the life of this church. And her testimony was so strong to the very end. I can remember people asking us constantly because they knew that we pastored the church and asked us, did this, did this shake our faith? Did this cause us to doubt God? And she said it out of her own mouth so many times. And, and I said it so many times before, during, and after. Uh, no, nothing, this doesn't change what we believe about God. We're sure that God's already been better to us than we've been to him. We're sure that God's already done more for us than we could legitimately ask him to. And I want you, if you don't get anything out of today's sermon, I want you to get this. Stop thinking that life is worse than you deserve. 
We, 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 I grew up in a time where, where parents would, would uh, remind their kids uh, the only thing sure in life is death and taxes. Uh, but the reality is all of us deserve much worse than we've got. We're going to get death and taxes. But if, but if you're not getting eternal punishment in hell forever, then you ought to thank God that you got it better than you could have it. I want us, we're going into a, a, a no negativity uh, January. We're going into a, a fasting time of 21 days of prayer and consecration. And I want us to let God have his way in our life. Not starting in January, starting now. I want you to get rid of complaining. I want you to get rid of negativity. I want you to get woe is me out of your mouth. I want you to get... Uh, a positive outlook that says God is on my side. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The first song I ever learned, if Dina was in here, she'd sing it with me. Uh, first song, See, some, some of y'all learned Mary Had a Little Lamb, first, first song you ever sang. So, 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 some of y'all, you know, grew up in Motown family, sitting on the dock of the bay, first song you ever remember as, as, as a kid. First, first song uh, me and my sister were ever taught, um, Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll eat some. That's the lady that taught it to me. So I knew she could come in with, with the chorus. First bite the heads off, then suck the guts out. See how they're wiggling? Now, if that was the first song you ever learned, you might struggle with, 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 with some emotional issues. And then I was raised to be forced to, to watch that iconic show where one man sat every week, and I always thought he was talking about his nose. Then I got a little older and realized he was talking about his guitar, but he said, I'm a picking. And the dude sitting next to him said, and I'm a grinning. That's hee-haw. And every week in hee-haw, they gave us such optimistic, wonderful, powerful uh, uh, positive phrases uh, like gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have what? Y'all shouldn't even know that. The world wants you to think negative. The world wants you to think the sky is falling. All media outlets, whether it's Fox, CNN, or your favorite channel, is, is determined to cause you to be fear-based and woe is me in your mouth. We got billionaires worrying about being taxed more because they might lose a few dollars. We, we got poor people thinking that billionaires should give some of their money to them because they're just lazy and trifling. And everything in between, but all of it. The poor person don't have enough money because the rich person made money off my back. Let me tell you something. Bill Gates made no money off our backs. Bill Gates invented something everybody wanted and sold it for a profit. Good for him. Go do the same thing. Like, well, I don't know how to invent something. Think about the dude that folded cardboard up eight times like that, like and then spread it out on his windshield to keep the sun off his dashboard and became a billionaire over folded cardboard. 
You can't come up with something like that. Let's go, people. Figure it out. But you got people at every level of life feeling like the world's, you got the billionaire thinking the world's against him because they're trying to get his tax money. You got the poor person, literally, I, I hear poor people all the time say, them rich people got rich off of me. When did you ever have enough money to make Bill Gates rich? He got rich off of you. You ain't had two nickels since I met you. But no matter what level people are in, there's this poor mouthing going on. There's this negativity going on. There's this struggle going on. There, there, there's this divisiveness going on. And I want to remind you, even though 2020 will soon be in our rearview mirror, I want you to continue to see the goodness of God in everything. Every day, every event, all the time, God is good. If we got to go back to it, we'll just go back to it. If we just got to get you saying it just to make you think about it, we'll just, we, hey, some of y'all didn't grow up in church and y'all don't know this, but it ain't hard to catch on. God is good and all the time. You got to keep that in your mind. You need to remind yourself of that on the daily. You need to let yourself hear your mouth say in your ears, God is good. Because the world doesn't believe this. And a lot of people in church have gotten downtrodden and, and, and cast down in their mind and forgotten that God is good. Our, our, our book of the month has been Psalms, uh, reading a lot. Uh, David, David wrote a lot of these Psalms. And I want to tell you something before we get into this scripture this morning. David was a unique person in, in the history of uh, humanity. David was the only person in the Old Testament that was ever filled with the Holy Ghost. See, today when you get saved, the Bible says the Spirit comes to live inside you. That's the promise Jesus made to his disciples when he told them he was leaving them, but that God would send the Holy Spirit. He said, I've been with you, but the Holy Spirit will not only be with you, he'll live in you. And that's the, that's the New Testament, that's the New Covenant where we have the Spirit of God living inside us. In the Old Testament, as you study, the Spirit would come upon someone and then the, the Spirit would leave them. The Bible says that the Spirit rested on David all the days of his life. Uh, the, the, the Bible says that David was, was a man after God's own heart whose ways always pleased the Lord. David had great successes. He also had great failures. I believe that's one of the things that allows us to find common ground with David. We, we can see ourselves in him. We can see uh, that God uses people. Listen, God uses people that succeed and people that fail. And we're going to read some of what David had to say today in Psalm 27. I'm just going to go through this like it was a Wednesday night Bible study and pull out some things, and I want you to grab what God is saying to you today. When you leave here today, if somebody stops you in that parking lot and says, what did God say to you from his word today? Not what did pastor say to you. What did God say to you from his word today? I want you to have an answer. You ready? Get this answer. You, you might get it in the first verse. You might get it from the last verse, but I want you to get something from God today because if all you get out of coming to church was being in church today, you missed the big thing. God's got something to say. Let's look at it. In verse 1 of Psalm 27, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? He said, why should I be afraid? Then that, that intimates that others might need to be afraid, but I don't need to be afraid. Why? Because God is my main thing. God is my light. He's guiding me. He's my salvation. He's my stability. He went on to say, the Lord is my fortress 
protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? I want to tell you something. If you ever find yourself emotionally nervous, emotionally anxious, emotionally afraid, you need to, number one, make sure that you're saved. And if you are saved, you need to remind yourself, God got me. Oh, man, you need to learn. I don't live on cliches, and I don't get philosophy from, in, uh, from, from anywhere other than Scripture, but there are some good ghettoisms afoot that will help you keep your mind right. Ghettoisms have guided me since I was a young, unsaved man drinking E&J brandy around by the fire barrel at the bottom of the off-ramp where you used to get off to go to the Coliseum to listen to bad concerts that didn't praise the Lord. Some of y'all been in Jacksonville long enough, y'all remember, you got off that off-ramp, you had to turn right to go to Coliseum, but if you drove straight, there was a little bar right there, and there was nine brothers sitting there around a fire barrel year-round uh, eating goat sandwiches and drinking E&J brandy. And I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. But you can, you can get your head together off some ghettoisms. Listen, if you understand, if they line up with Scripture. Now, one ghettoism that you ought to adopt in your life uh, is, is just this simple phrase. I got you. See, if you understand I got you, then life is easier. If you understand I got you, then, then, then you, you don't have to tremble. If you understand that, the, that I got you, you don't have to be afraid. Me and Deacon West have been in some of every kind of situation. We've been in some situations. Uh, Would you at the mall that night? Oh, you'd remember that if you was at, at the mall, Big Phil showed up, uh, Big Troy showed up. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, but but you you was there. You was there at the airport when the law showed up. Me and me and Deacon West been in some of every kind of situation, and when 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 stuff gets tense, and 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 I got my friend standing there with me, and and he he tells me, I got you. I'm like, oh, well, good. I'll just sit down. Y'all deal with Henry. When, 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 when uh, I'm in my office and I'm trying to pick up something heavy and, 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 and Jimmy Carlin sees me and he tells me, I got you, Pastor. I'm like, oh, well, good. Somebody more capable than me is going to do for me what I wouldn't be able to do for myself, when you understand I got you and it's God saying I got you, you need to quit being nervous, anxious, and worrying. You can just sit down and be like, oh, wow. And let me say something to all the moms and dads in the room because I know a lot of times uh, we can deal with God uh, in our own stuff. But how many of y'all know when you see your kids going through stuff, that's on an extra level, right? I, I want you to know if you believe in the God that I'm talking to you about today, if you believe in the God of this book, if you believe in the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I want to let you in on something today that you need to remind yourself. God loves your children more than you do, and he's got your children too. David knew he has got me. Verse 2. He said, when evil people come to devour me with my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. 
David had a little west side in him. Uh, he, he took joy in seeing his enemies lose. And, 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 and you know, and some of y'all just, just ridiculous. I know, I, I know some of y'all, uh, y'all, y'all like, especially uh, Boston Red Sox fans. If there's any of them in the room, uh, Boston Red Sox, man, they've been beat so much by the New York Yankees, their arch rival. Uh, they, they, they love to see the Yankees lose more than they love to see their own team win. Man, I, I, I used to, Gail and I used to go to Daytona 500, and uh, she, was, she was a big Jeff Gordon fan. That's when he came on the scene, and she didn't like him because she cared anything about NASCAR. She just thought he was cute. But there, there were people back in that day, they, they wore shirts, T-shirts to race events, and it said, anybody but the three. They just hated Dale Earnhardt. And, I mean, they, they just had too much West Side in him. They, uh, King David had a little West Side in him. He's like, yeah, well, when evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Now, on the end of that, I, I believe there was a. I just feel that. Uh, but he, notice he didn't say if evil people come to devour me. He said, when it happens, I want you to stop being shocked when bad things happen. I don't understand why. Oh, God. Why? Why? Why me, Lord? Why me? Why? I've been so good. I'm so perfect. I'm so, oh, why? Why not you? Changed my life when I heard Gail say that. Somebody asked her. Uh, well, she, somebody came visit her in the hospital. She was on death's door. They said, I just don't understand why, why God would let this happen to you. She looked at them and said, why not me? I'm not special. I'm not perfect. God doesn't owe me anything more than he owes anybody else. Trouble is going to happen. David said, uh, and the Bible says we have these stories for examples. If King David, who was God's uni most unique Old Testament saint, had evil people coming for him, guess what? You will too. He said, when my enemies and foes attack me, uh, they, you, you're going to have that happen too. But you ought to have the same confidence that, said, that, that, that King David had. He knew he was on the Lord's side, so he knew they, they were not going to win. I got a news flash for you. If you're on God's side, you're going to win in the end. You might struggle in the middle. You might struggle in the beginning. You might struggle near the end, but we win. Verse 3 said, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid, even if I'm attacked. I will remain confident. I want to tell you something. David wasn't talking about just ideology at this point. This, this, this was his life. He lived in a barbaric time where, where vicious, violent people came to attack him with armies. And he said, hey, even if I'm attacked, I'm going to remain confident. He wasn't always confident that he was going to win that current battle, but he knew that he was going to win the ultimate battle. And I want to remind every Christian in the room today, no matter what 2020 did for you, good, bad, or different, no matter what comes in, in the next year or years ahead, if you're on the Lord's side, you need to be confident you're on the winning team. Verse 4, he said, one thing I ask of the Lord. Now, here, here's something I want you to get. Here's something we all can grab hold of. Verse 4, he said, one thing I ask of the Lord, 
The thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. I want to tell you something. No matter how many people quit coming to church, no matter how out of a vogue church becomes and listen church attendance is in rapid decline even before the pandemic church attendance has been in decline for decades now and church attendance is at its lowest all time in the history of this nation but here's what David said and hear me good if you want what others have you need to do what they did to get it David had the blessing of the Lord on his life David had the favor of God on his life look at how David died listen even though David messed up dude had eight wives that we know of and probably more and cheated on all of them. David had uh, great victories. He had great failures. But uh, if, if you want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. And if you study how David's life ended, the Bible said he died at peace. Full of years with a good life. David closed his eyes on this side and woke up in heaven. And, and, and he said, the thing that I seek the most, man, if you want real success, when somebody that had success says, this one thing that I want from God, this one thing that I seek the most, he said, man, I just want to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my He just wanted to live one more week so he could be in church again. He just wanted to be in the congregation one more time so he could delight in how great God is and think about God inside the temple. Man, I can remember when we first started this church, I, I was in my 30s, and the majority of people that, that were in the church then, and even a lot to this day and age, uh, this time we're in now, were within five to ten years of my age bracket. Uh, we, we didn't have a lot of very young people, and we didn't have any uh, uh, old, older people. And my mom joined the church, the first senior adult in the history of our church. She wasn't even much of a senior adult back then, though. Uh, she was in her 50s back then. She had that AARP card, though. I thank God, 55. They let me eat on the 55-plus menu at IHOP. Hallelujah. And I'm not mad about it. But we begin to pray for senior adults. Why? Because senior adults are a role model for me. Senior adults are doing something. I look around right now. I, I, I see people. I don't want to call out all, all, all the old people. You know, I could start in the front with Henry. I'd go all the way back to Hugo. You're not old. You ain't, you ain't old, old, but you, 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 you got that, you, the silver-haired fox. We get over here with Deacon Scott. He ain't old, old, but the lady sitting next to him got some years on him even. Uh, when I start seeing gray-haired people in the church, and, and these are the role models to me. Why? Because they're doing what I hope to be doing when I'm their age. Because it's what David did and what God commands all of us to do. What? To live all the days of our lives in the house of the Lord. To get up into church one more time and think about how great God is. Verse 5 says, For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. You want to know where you can hide and get away from stuff? Right here, 4401 Georgetown Drive. You ought to do what the songwriter said, forget your troubles, come on, get happy. When you come to church, no matter how raggedy your car was driving or if you had to walk, hitch a ride, uh, or, or, or catch the bus to get here, you ought to be able to say, you know what, for the next hour and a half, I'm going to put all of this COVID and all of this drama outside of my mind, and I'm going to think about how much I love the Lord. He said, man, that's, yeah, that's where God hides me from my trouble. He said, he will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. I want to tell you something. It might change in our lifetime. 
But up until this moment right now, the law ain't allowed to come in here and tell us what we can do and what we can say. They, they, they did it in Canada. They put, they put pastors in jail in Canada uh, for preaching about hell. They put pastors in jail in Canada for saying that God's plan was one man and one wife for life. They put preachers in jail for that. But as of today, as rapid as things are changing, as of today, there's still some manner of freedom of speech in America. And we can still come into this place and, and be hidden in the house of God and be out of reach of our enemies in the presence of the Lord. Verse 6 says, Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. I don't know how the Church of Christ missed this verse, but I thank God for music in the house of the Lord. And I want to tell you something. When you come to church, you ought to get you some of this right here. You want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. David said, I just don't want to go in church to think about God. I don't just want to go in church to hear about God. I want to go into a sanctuary, and I want to give God something for me. I want to give him a shout of joy. Somebody ought to say amen. I want to do some singing and some praising the Lord when I go to church. If you want better, you got to do better. Get out of your head and get out of your way. Stop crying poor mouth and looking down at your feet and start doing better with what God has called you to do. No matter what your situation is, you ought to have thank you Jesus in your mouth. Oh, we got, we got to look to the word of God. Verse 7, he said, hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer. David said, man, when I go to church, I'm going to ask God to hear me. You need to get a my God relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 8, he said, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I want to tell you something. God said you can come to him with all your troubles. He said you can cast all your care on him. He said you can come to him boldly to enter to his presence and talk to him. And here's what David said. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm here. I, I, I'm, I'm. When you come to church, you ought to have a, I'm walking in mentality. You ought to have your mind right and you ought to be prayed up and ready to go up. You ought to have a praise in your mouth when you get on this parking lot. No matter how your week has been, no matter how your day is going, you ought to say, you know what for the next few minutes I'm gonna put all that out of my mind I'm gonna sing I'm gonna shout I'm gonna give God praise I'm gonna talk to him and I'm gonna believe he's hearing me verse 9 he said do not turn your back on me do not reject your servant in anger you have always been my helper I love that old corny uh poetry uh, uh little, little writing that they used to put on plaques footprints in the sand any of y'all remember footprints in the sand? You ought to Google footprints in the sand. You ought to look up footprints in the sand. Somebody wrote this little thing, and, and they talked about looking back on their life. Uh, they, 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 they saw two footprints, in, two set of footprints in the sand where the Lord was walking with them, but then they noticed in the hard times of their life there was only one set of footprints, and they wondered what happened to the Lord and why the Lord wasn't with them in the hard time and why they only saw one set of footprints as they walked in the sand when they used to see two. And at the end of the poem, and I'm paraphrasing, it says something like this, and then the Lord told to me, it was in those times, my child, that I carried you. 
Those were my footprints in the sand. You were in my arms the whole time. I never left you. God promised to never leave us or to forsake us. He's always there. You just got to look for him. David didn't want God to leave him. David didn't have full revelation. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a Hebrews 13 for God to say, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But he learned it through experience. In verse number 10, he said, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. I've I've preached this verse before and I've told you that there should be no closer relationship. The most natural relationship, the most natural thing to do, mom and daddy, is to hold on to their child. But he said, even if the closest human relationship were to sever, God still got me. Oh, you better got it. He got me, God, in your mind. You better get so close to God or you understand I'm with him and he's with me. You ought to understand. They're, they're, now listen, I'm not saying be proud, but, 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 but the, uh, people ought to wonder, why is there a little pride in your stride? Why is there a little pep in your step? Why is your head held up when others are cast down? Because if you know when you walk into any room in the world, I'm walking in with the most high God. God is, God's not an angel on my shoulder. God is a living God inside of me. You ought to know it doesn't matter what happens in this earth. If you got God holding you, that is more than you need. I like what one man said. He said, when you, when you finally get to the end of your rope and realize God's all you got, you're in the best place you could possibly be because you're finally waking up to who he is. Man, if you ever, if you ever realize or if you ever come to the thought that God is all I got, you're almost to the place where you can understand God is all you need. Oh, it's easy to say God is all I need. But if you say that out of one side of your mouth and you complain out of the other side of your mouth, you got bitter and sweet coming out of your mouth. And the Bible says it should not be like that. So I want you to make a decision today. What's going to come out of your mouth this day forward? Is it going to be bitter pray or, or bitter complaining or sweet praising? Are you, are you going to choose to see God's goodness in everything? Are you going to continue to live like 99.9% of everybody who claims the name of Christ, a naturally focused life? It's time to open your eyes and to see the goodness of God in everything. It's time to open your eyes and start seeing that God is real. Look for him in everything. Verse 11, he said, teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. If the king of the whole world could be so humble as to understand that he needed God to guide him, we need to understand that too. We need God to teach us how to live and to lead us on the right path. And I want to tell you something. If David's enemies were waiting for him, you got enemies waiting for you. There's haters out there for everybody, and you need to get on the good foot with God. You need to get right or get left and make a decision that says, I'm going with God, and God is going with me. 
Verse number 12 says, Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Some of y'all heard my take on verse 12. Let me say this. Stop believing people lying on me. If You don't have to. I tell my haters when they'll talk to me. Most of them won't. But I send messages to them, and I let them know. You don't have to make up absurd, wild, crazy, untrue things about me if you want to run me into the ground. I give give you a whole list. I'll give you a stack of index cards with truthful stuff on me that you can hate me over. He said, he said, they accused me of things I've never done. David's like, you didn't have to make stuff up on David to make him look bad. He was a coward hiding from his own child in a cave. He was just depressed. He, he, was, he was shaming God. He was putting confidence in numbers instead of God. He was doing all kinds of dirt. He's like, what kind of whack enemies do I have making up stuff about me? He said, with every breath, they threatened me with violence. David understood life can be hard and people can be hateful. In verse 13, though, and this, area here, this is where I want to get to and, and, and wrap up with these last two verses. He said, yet. I want you to have a yet mindset. All, that, all that's going on, yet means but God. It, it, it means even though all that, even with all that happening, even with enemies and haters, even with attackers and armies, again, even with stuff, 2020, even with COVID, even with everything going on, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Now, I want to set some context for you. This is a time in David's life where he's being chased. This is a time in David's life where they're trying to kill him. This is a time in David's life where things are going rough. This is a time in David's life where there are people that want to do him harm. I'm not talking about they don't laugh at my jokes at school because they make fun of me because I say I'm a Christian. Well, don't just say you're a Christian. Be a Christian. I, I'm not just, David wasn't just talking about, I don't think I got the promotion on my job because of my stand for Jesus. Listen, they were hunting him to kill him. They were going to put his head on a stick and carry it around and let people know, here, here goes your king. But he said this, even with all that going on, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Now, there's a contrast there, say contrast. See, the trap of the devil is to get you to think about eternity on the other side. The trap of the devil is to get you to, and, and people say this. You, you talk to some old folk, they'll let you know. How you doing, baby? Well, Reverend, I'm just holding on, waiting on the Lord. They, they were taught to say that foolishness. And, and I think that makes them sound spiritual. Holding on is not what God wants you to do. He wants you to press forward. He wants you to advance his kingdom. He wants you to stand up and give him praise. He wants you to be happy. Listen, we used to sing this song. See if you can give me uh, the, 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 end, the end of this statement. If you're happy and you know it. Yeah, well, if you're happy and you know it, some of y'all ought to tell your face. You say God is on your side where well, you look like you, 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 you on death's door. It, listen, with all this going on, he said, look, I, I ain't even talking about how great it's going to be on the other side. 
Well, I know once I get to heaven, preacher, life will be better. Life would be better now if you just look up and see how great God is and start finding a way to rejoice no matter what. If you could have a yet, I'm confident. He said, I'm not just going to wait till I get to heaven to sing and shout. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to see some good stuff going on in the midst of a pandemic. I'm going to see some good stuff going on in the midst of racial tension. I'm going to see some good stuff going on in the midst of economy crumbling. I'm going to see some good stuff going on no matter what. He said, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's great to know that there's heaven on the other side. It's great to know eternity is going to be wonderful and marvelous and no pain and no suffering. That's great. But at some level, that's pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. And what you need is some help in the nasty now and now. Yeah, eternity is awesome. Heaven is awesome. But what about what you're going through right now in December of 2020? Wouldn't you like to get a little bit better mindset? Wouldn't you like to have a little bit better outlook? Wouldn't you like to be able to be a little bit more free in your thoughts, fears, worries? Oh, you don't have bad thoughts, fears, and worries. You're perfect all by yourself. Listen, you need to determine to see the Lord's goodness while here in the land of the living. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, this is your only opportunity, Christian, to serve God by faith. The Bible says faith pleases the Lord. When you get to heaven, if you get to heaven, you're never going to serve God by faith on the other side. This is your only time to please Him by serving Him by faith. And you got to have a right now mindset and a right now relationship with God. And He gives the culmination in the final verse. Tells you how to get to where he is. He said, wait patiently for the Lord, period. I've been telling you for years to pay attention to the punctuation when you read. It'll help you, un- it'll help you understand it. Wait patiently for the Lord, period. That's a whole concept. That's a whole thought. That's a whole command. This is not a suggestion. This is a command of God. Wait patiently for the Lord. And that is not old school religious talk. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. Doing nothing is not waiting on the Lord in a biblical concept. The word wait in the Hebrew is very similar to why we call people who serve us waiters and waitresses. You can't say that now. You misgendered me. I can't misgender you. You might misgender yourself. When you talk about someone who is a waiter, and you really see this at a high level at extremely expensive restaurants, which get on my nerves. Um, I've had to back waiters down off me because, listen, in fancy restaurants, even in the South, these retards don't serve sweet tea. They serve unsweet tea. You're paying $200 a plate, and they're serving you unsweet tea? Go on and go somewhere where, where, where you're paying real, and they're going to be like, oh, no, we don't have sweet tea. Um, we have, you know, cancer-causing saccharin right there. You can pour that. And, and I've been to, I, I never get, Gail and I were at Emeralds one time, and that, that, that meal cost me about $195 and change um, for two people with no liquor. That, that's expensive. Not that we add liquor, but liquor will run your bill up quick. All you drunks in the room know that. <laughs> you 
got it. When they, when they give you that nasty, unsweet tea, which I don't know how any human being would drink, they pour that and you got to mix it and just mix it and mix it and try to get some, some sweetness in it. Take this much a sip out of it and the dude's standing on the wall like this. And walk back like this. I finally had to tell him after the second time, Stop adding that nasty juice into my tea. I got it mixed how I want. But they were waiting on a high level. They were paying attention. They were there to meet every need. They weren't there to wait till you run out. This ain't Waffle House where you got to rattle the cup at them. They were waiting. Wait means to get wrapped up in the service of someone else to pay attention to what is needed. When, when God said, wait patiently for the Lord, He doesn't mean just to sit back and do nothing. He, he, he said in another passage, to occupy until He comes. Be busy about His business. What was one of the first things Jesus told Mary and Joseph in the Scripture when He was a young man and they forgot Him back in the, in the temple? And they went back and they said, we didn't know where you were. He said, listen, people, don't you know I must be about what? My father's business. Are you about God's business? Are you daily about God's business? Do you at least read your Bible, say your prayers, and make good choices? The Bible tells us, get wrapped up in serving him. Be patient about it, too. I've had people tell me, well, I came to church three Sundays in a row and no miracle happened for me. You might have said the miracle. You came to church three weeks in a row. I tithed twice and, and I didn't become rich overnight. Bible says God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Listen, hear this. Lock in with God and watch God lock in with you. Get in it to win it. Get all in with God. Get patient about this thing. If it doesn't happen right for you this week, keep going. The Bible says don't get weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Don't give up on your journey. Keep pressing your way, Christian. Keep pressing your way. He went on to say after that, be brave and courageous. If you listen to any of those 13 verses I read, you heard somebody talking about attacks, enemies, foes, stumbling, armies. In the midst of all of these things, the word of the Lord to us today is to be brave and to be courageous. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. The God who put this in his book knows what you're going through. Well, my diagnosis. The God who put this in this book is bigger than your diagnosis. Well, praying for you. I heard mama pass. Praying for you. Uh, hardship comes. The God who put this in the book knew that hardship was going to come. And yet and still, what did he say? Be brave. Be courageous. Be brave. 
be courageous. Let me tell you how you can be brave in uncertain times. Knowing that your strength is in the Lord. Let me tell you how you can be brave in, in debilitating times of pain and distress. Is knowing that the strong and almighty one has got you. He goes before us and he goes behind us. He encompasses and camps round about us. You can be brave because you know if you're saved, you ought to know this. And I'm done. I'm closing. I want you to understand this. You're not in this by yourself. You're never alone. If you're saved, you're never alone. God is with you. I want you to live your life knowing that and saying it. God is with me. God is with me. When, when, you get, when you get nervous, when you get fearful, when things, things aren't going your way, I want you to remind yourself, say it out loud, God is with me. Let your haters know that. They start bashing and trashing, let them know, God is with me. Better watch yourself. God is with me. And then the last thing he said, he said, yes come when God comes behind what he said and he says yes to himself you ought to say yes with him he said yes or absolutely without a doubt no shadow of doubt make sure that you wait patiently for the Lord oh there's lots of things I'm waiting on God for he don't always come on my schedule. The cliche says he may not come when you want him to, but he's always on time. He hadn't felt always on time for me. I'm going to be honest with you today. It ain't always felt like God was coming through at the right time. But his time is right. And my job is to be patient. As I wrap myself up in serving him, as I wrap myself up in attending to his business. Are you, see people had a wrong concept about what this word wait means. And I want you to leave here today with the right concept. Don't just say you're waiting on the Lord. Are you the Lord's waiter? Are you his waitress? Are you watching him, seeing what you can do for him? Drop a napkin at the Waffle House, you better bend over and pick it up yourself. They don't even come around from behind the counter. I love Waffle House, don't get me wrong. They don't even come around from behind the counter to give you your food. They just plop it down. How I many of y'all know? They just plop it down right over the ledge. If they drop that fork and it falls off the other edge of your table, they're not coming out from behind the kitchen area to get that food. They, they, they ain't that kind of waitresses at the Waffle House. But you go to a real fancy place, they take that folded napkin and they lay it in your lap. I'm like, I can do it myself. But if you mess around and stand up and forget that napkin was in your lap, before it hits the ground, they're walking over there to pick it up for you. Man, I love Morton's Steakhouse. You go to Morton Steakhouse. They bring that bread out. The bread's all right, but the show is worth the price. Because after when they when they get ready to bring the next plate out to you, 
they take out of their little apron that blade and they scrape the crumbs off and they got a little catcher they put the crumbs listen there they are paying attention to every little detail that's quality waiting that's a real waiter that's a real waitress and I want you to walk around with that mindset I am going to be looking what can I do for the Lord what can I do for the Lord what can I do can I pick listen I still don't understand people and, and, and if, you watch, it, it, if you watch me, look it up on camera. As hard as it is, I broke my back twice and my neck once in the last nine years. And I have a very limited range of motion uh, because I, they told me my back's in worse shape now than it was before the first surgery. And I've been needing to have a second surgery. They want to fuse my whole back together. Uh, I have a limited range of motion. But every week, yet and still, you can see me on camera on, on our, on our uh, closed circuit TV bending over. Take a long time picking up trash. How are you walking over trash in the Lord's church? What is wrong with you? Is that how you do your home? Somebody, somebody's trash blows in your driveway, you just step over it and leave it there? What kind of barn were you raised in? Look for things to do. If you see a piece of trash, you ought to be like, praise the Lord. Finally, something I can do for the God. Wait on the Lord. Be an attentive waiter. Be an attentive waitress. You want what David had? Do what he did. You got to wait patiently for the Lord. You got to realize, hey, it ain't all going on. Here's what wait patiently is about. It ain't all going the way I want it to. But I'm still going to pay attention and find something I can do to advance his business to be about my father's business. See, you don't have to be patient when everything's coming your way. When everything's fine and dandy like hard rock candy, you just, ah, it's a party. But it's in, it's in them struggling times. It's in the valley times where you have an opportunity to grow. Where you can say, you know what? Even now, yet and still, I've got to look. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You can get up and you can pray to him. I wish you'd start saying good morning to God before your feet touch the ground. I wish you'd start thanking God for life before you get up out of your bed. I wish God would be the first person you talk to in the morning, the last person you talk to at night. Wait on him. Be attentive. Think about him. If you're here and you're saved, this ought to be your life. This ought to be your life. You ought, you ought to be thanking God for one more day in the house of the Lord. You ought to be determined. I want to live all the days of my life celebrating God in the presence of his people, singing to him, praising him, serving him. Too many consumers, too many, too many takers and not enough givers. Got a handful of people, same handful of people every Friday and Saturday doing food and clothing. Won't you take a turn in 2021? Same handful of people keeping the nursery. Same handful of people financing the church. Why don't you look for a way to say, you know what? I'm going to do something to show I love the Lord. Don't just stand on the wall and watch and think it's somebody else. 
You watch tennis. They got nine people standing on behind the servers. Like this. Ball dropped. Three of them race for the ball at the same time. They want to be the one to get the ball, to hand the ball to Pete Sampras. Bounce it to him. He'll catch it and put it in his pocket and do like this. Bounce him another one. They like, yes, I got to it. You watch a tennis match. Net in the middle. On this side of the net, somebody kneeling. Across there, on that side of the net, somebody kneeling. Ball hits the net, they race off to get it. And they smile. Because they got to do something that day on TV. That was me that picked up that ball. Serena Williams double faulted, and I ran and got both of them on her way to winning another Grand Slam event. Are you racing to pick up the ball for God? Are you looking? How can I do it? Man, we ought to have five keyboard players. We ought to have ten drummers. People in the, we, we, you see, what do we have? Four people up here, five people singing? And some of y'all sitting back thinking, hmm, I know I can sing her. Evidently you can't. Or maybe you just won't. There's something you can do for the Lord. You got to decide, will you be brave enough? Will you be courageous enough to stand up? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for one person whose heart is loyal to God so he could show himself strong on their behalf. My final thing to say to you today is will you be that person for God? Will you say, here am I, Lord, use me. Whatever you can do for God, Get busy doing it. If you're not saved, you don't have to walk in our prayer. Prayer, shake my hand. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you need to get saved, get saved today. If you are saved, let's start waiting, actively waiting. Let's be the best waiters and waitresses God ever had. Let's just look for a way to serve him and to do something for him pray with me. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us when you didn't have to. Thank you for paying for our sin so we don't have to. God, I pray for every person in this church today that you would fill our hearts with love and hope, that we would determine that we will wait on the Lord. We will serve you actively. We will find a way to get involved in doing something good for you. Thank you, God, for letting us see good things all around us when we open our eyes. Help us to see what you'd have us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.